You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it is a normal Thursday night. We're a couple days removed from our sleep-deprived and uh, emotional loss against Buffalo. How are you feeling tonight? I've been sleeping like a rock the last couple days. Uh I am ready for a nice weekend of actually a rare one o'clock game at the Meadowlands. We do, you know, we go out, we tailgate before, we go to the game. Um, I think we're going to have our little post-game meal after. It should be fun. We have lots lots of guests in town, some big, you know, big name guests. So this is the first one o'clock game of the year? I believe so. Dallas was a night game. Uh, Seattle was a night game. Yeah, this is the first. This is only the third home game. Yeah. And well, well, uh, Miami was a one o'clock game. That was on the road. That's right. So yeah, but this is the first home one o'clock game. That is correct. Yes. Um. Are you fucking kidding me? No, really, is only the first one. No, 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 no. I'm trying to just find <laughs> one fucking thing, and it's like a billion pop-ups, and it's got to be a whole article. This is a legacy game, right? This is a legacy game. That, I, will yeah. be, I will be breaking out the – also because it's a division game, I'll be breaking out my circa 1986 Phil Simms jersey. Nice. I, I'm going to be wearing my Lawrence Taylor jersey uh, because it's also a division game. I was going to do that anyway. And uh, I, I unfortunately have... lost my Giants Wayfarers. I love those things. I know they're gone. Well, I'm also breaking out uh, my brand new Giants, like, you know, uh, one of those starter jackets with the buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty pumped to that. So you, there'll be the uh, the unveiling of that. It's, just, it's perfect for a legacy game. Zubaz pants? Uh, no, that's for the Tampa Bay Storm when they have their big reunion game coming up at the Old Thunderdome. I'll be wearing those, but not for the Giants. Um, we ahead. saw quite a bit in Buffalo. A lot of those. Uh, yeah, a lot of those. We were talking about that walking back to the car. That uh, Buffalo seems to be in a fashion time warp from 1992. Yes, a lot of big hair, a lot of you know acid wash jeans. Jeans a lot of I haven't jeans I haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah, I mean I, you know, again I lived through that. I was in high school around then, and I can't believe that that was attractive or sexy or anything so i need therapy for a long time growing up in the late 80s at least um, the giants are good then no I, I i'm uh i'm looking forward to legacy game it's like my favorite thing of the year so um i'll see i'll see what i can do to to make it a little bit more special i am pissed that i lost my uh i lost those the dallas then the first week I had them uh, like hanging here because it was sunny. I had to wear them. And then as soon as the game started, it started to rain. I had to take them off and that's how I lost them. You see what happens? It's the fucking weather. This whole season came down to the weather. Yeah. 
I wasn't there and I couldn't babysit you. So now you have, you have to get new glasses. So if anybody has giant wayfarers, please uh, that would be DM great. myself or Grump or the show, and you know we'll we'll give you a nice treat for an exchange. Um, all right. So Giants, one o'clock Sunday, October twenty second. At home at MetLife Stadium before we preview this game during this Just Giants episode. I will be drinking beer by Autodiadect Brewing. Why am I promoting a beer for free for no money whatsoever on this show? And that's because they are a small company that's local, that makes a quality product, and they deserve to have their uh, the word spread about that. So tell a friend about Just Giants. Tell a friend about Autodiadect Brewing. Have a beer. This particular beer is called Amanda's Wings. Wow, jeez. Double IPA. Double IPA. Uh, so this beer, the Amanda's Wings, the proceeds of this beer go to a fundraiser for cancer research called Melissa's Wings. So this is a beer to consider purchasing even if you don't love double IPAs. Really strong. Tastes good, though. Really, you know, honestly, just, not bitter. Just because the NFL is you know, pushed out and not promoted Breast Cancer Awareness Month like they used to, uh, that doesn't mean that that is a very important cause, something that is very close to home to me also. So, you know, we will, you know, if you, again, if you message us or something on Twitter or Facebook and you want to get information of how you can contribute to breast cancer research things, we'd be more than happy to help you with that. So um, just because they're not wearing pink, that doesn't mean we're not thinking pink ourselves. Um, this week was an absolute mess for the Giants. Um <clears throat> Two guys head to IR at the position group they are thinnest at. Josh Azudu injured his toe in that Bills game really badly. Um, I, I, he ended up getting carted off the field. He kind of like hobbled off and then was carted from from the sideline to inside. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if we have an actual diagnosis. I don't know if it's turf toe or a broken toe or what, but he's on IR. That's tough because... You know, he's playing left tackle is probably a mess, but... He's a body. He's a body, but he's also... He's part of... This is a second-year guy. This was someone that was developing. This was not someone that was just a bad guy that we had off the scrap heap that was depth, whatever. This was somebody that we would hope that we could develop. So losing him for time, no matter where he's playing, no matter how in over his head he feels, stinks. Um, Additionally, Shane Lemieux... Just today, Thursday, tore his biceps in practice. Um, he is going to IR. Now, the difference here is that Shane Lemieux is just a random guy on the depth chart. So while it stinks that a body is going to IR, it's not the same as a Josh Azudu that you'd hope is building towards something better. Yeah, I mean, even though this season is lost cause already, you know, that means there are still games to play, and these young guys, this is still a very young roster. If you think about it, these guys have to they have to play real games and they have to go against live bullets and they have to, you know, develop some experience and missing time. Even Daniel Jones, I know it's his, you know, we're getting into his his, his fifth year and everything, but he still needs to play and missing games for all of these guys is just it just slows down the development of this team. So sucks you know nothing good nothing good is coming out of this season nothing and it just the hits just keep on coming getting worse and worse to compensate the giants have re-signed tyree phillips to the roster who was with them 
last year. It was with them through camp. And an inexplicable cut. I still don't understand that cut. Uh, and they are signing Justin Pugh to the uh, to the roster. Uh, it's odd. But those two guys are like some of the best guys that are on the offensive line right now. <laughs> and not just because of their health. I mean, like legitimately, in my perspective of their talent, they're, I mean, yeah, they're up there. I mean, right now, I mean, you know, if you don't have Andrew Thomas, you don't have JMS, you know, even he's been playing bad. You don't have Evan Neal, you know. It's just really just that's who's left in this war of attrition. I mean, and, you know, these guys are not Hall of Famers. They're not pro bowlers, but they're bodies that actually have a little bit of a skill set. And, Right now, it's really all hands on deck, and any little bit we can that helps has to because, you know, as bad as this offense has been, it could be even worse. Well, <laughs> and we can get we can get guys killed. So, I mean, l- they just l- have let to me, stabilize. Let me ask you, how do you feel when I say Josh Azudu at left tackle, Evan Neal at right tackle, based on the way they've been playing this year? And how do you feel when I say Justin Pugh at left tackle and Tyree Phillips at right tackle? I say I wouldn't bring back Daniel Jones until he feels 100% better. With which one? Either? With, with, with either either scenario, to be very honest. I Yeah, I mean, you know, I, f- I feel no different between the two of them. I people, feel like almost no drop-off. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like people are, you know, all of a sudden we found the savior in Justin Pugh, and I'm glad he's back, you know, just sentimental things. But, you know... That is still a very bad offensive line. And again, Daniel Jones, when, when, no matter what your opinion is of whether they should have resigned him or not, whether he'll be on the team in three years or not, if you love him, you hate him, shouldn't have drafted him, he's our quarterback. And with a substandard line, if he's not 100% healthy, I am petrified of getting him back out there again because, you know, he could be down for the count again and it won't, may not be for a week or two, it could be for the season. So, it just don't the bar is so low right now that don't think slight improvement solves any problems. It's a slight improvement. It goes from a zero to a one and one is unacceptable. So, well, solving, solving our problems is strictly people getting healthy. Uh, I don't think that the expectations this year were outlandish. Um, you know, the expectation hinged on not having to hit any of the backup offensive line and Evan Neal taking a step forward. And right. both of those things um, were evidently right. not happening this year. After So so there is no – the only savior here at this point is John Michael Schmitz and Andrew Thomas coming back from injury and being healthy and able to go. At and that is, point, At it, that point, you can have legitimate expectations, I think, I think, uh, and of and of course Daniel Jones, you know that that's. But my point is is, um, people coming back from injury is the only real chance to be competitive. I mean, it's, it's a reasonable expectation to be competitive. That's the only savior that there is. Is just get healthy. Get healthy, right? Yeah. You're yeah. right. And you know, forget playoffs. Forget any of that. If the question is, do we want? We don't want to have to sit through half a season of non-competitive garbage. We've done that too much in the last decade, and it's unfortunate, but this is the situation we're in. So so looking at the injury report outside of just those roster moves there, um, still didn't practice this week. 
Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, and Matt Pear. Let Let's stop for one second. Um, Andrew Thomas, what is your gut feeling? I can't. I think we we touched on this on last week's show. Um, the longer we don't see him, and the longer the silence. Back in two weeks. You think back in two weeks? Yeah. Everyone said he's he's moving better. So. Okay. Great. Um, I, I, I am pessimistic until I see, you know, until I see him back, I just have a very, very bad feeling we're not going to see him for a long time. No, I mean, it, it's, a, it, yeah, I, unless there's another setback that's actually reported, every every bit of news that we get is that it's just a little bit further along, a little bit better. So, I, I hope so. Yeah. Um. But three guys at one position group are, are the did not practice group. The limited group is uh, important here. Daniel Jones is able to do the throwing. He hasn't been cleared for contact. We'll get to that more in a bit. Saquon Barkley limited. He's going to be limited, I think, probably for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Neal uh, went from like limited to did not practice, kind of. Um, some swelling in the ankle and then clearly couldn't move. Reporters said that he was even walking gingerly. Uh, and Adoree Jackson still suffering some of that neck injury. And Graham Gano showed up on there with a knee <laughs> thing. I didn't know Jesus anything about that. But. Right. <laughs> um, let's start with, uh, we already kind of talked about Evan Neal. He's not expected to play at this point since he can't walk on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson and Gano are probably fine. Let's go Jones and Barkley. Let's just talk Jones. Um He's not playing this week. Right? He hasn't practiced, and it's Thursday night. He's not playing, and he hasn't. He didn't practice really last week. He's not been cleared yet. I mean, he's not taking any. I mean, I know there's no non-contact on quarterbacks anyway during practice, but he's not cleared for contact. If he's not cleared for contact, forget it. He's not playing this week. Do you think that they just wait for Andrew Thomas no matter what? Like, let's say that my timetable for Andrew Thomas is correct. Do you think that they just hold Jones even next week? I believe the fact that they're one in five and the season for all intents and purposes is over. Absolutely. I think if they were really fighting for a playoff spot or something, I think they may push up Daniel Jones time, uh, time frame a little bit, but since it's really, you know, the, the odds of a playoff push are so tiny. I just think it makes sense just to hold out and just, you know, give him the best chance to succeed and not get re-injured or, or, or worse. Not to get ahead of our skis, but do you think that this coaching staff feels pressured to play him a week early if they win this week? Uh, no, I do not. You mean like by ownership or by? No, no, no. no. They like internally. Like, do you think that they make that bad decision or flirt with that bad decision if they get a win this week? Uh, I do not believe so. I think. Um... I think this is a big picture organization right now, and I do not think they risk anything that could jeopardize, you know, the the rest of this season and potentially further. So I, my my guess would be no. When do you think Daniel Jones comes back? Do you think it's just going to coincide with Andrew Thomas, or do you think uh, do, do I, you think that there's a chance that Andrew Thomas comes back before Daniel Jones? I think Daniel. I think. I am p- pessimistic on both, and maybe that's just me being shell shocked from these guys. But I don't, I don't know what to think about Jones. If I'm being honest, I, I, 
have a very bad feeling in my stomach more than the normal gas I usually do that Daniel Jones will be out for a long time. I next scare me. And this organization has a way of really not talking when things are a problem. And I just have a bad feeling we're not going to see Daniel Jones for a while. I, I worry that he has nerve damage. Yeah. And, and like some kind of lack of feeling in his non-throwing arm. Um, or at least temporarily had that. Mm-hmm. Which which can happen with a genuine stinger as well. And it sure. could just be cautious. Um, but I just – that's just something I – He's a tough guy, and they put him out there after drooling in Dallas. For he got hit so hard, they put him out there the next week. I, I have to think that they are really holding him back for something serious. And you know? this is this is why I was so angry at the end of the Dallas game, and really at the end of the Seattle game also. Is why is Daniel Jones still in these games? You know, my my fear was he was going to get seriously hurt, and you know. He, he's been taking so many hits. He's a very, no one's questioning his toughness. Nobody's questioning his desire and all that stuff, but just, you know, common sense. The more hits you take, the more sacks you take, the more pummeling you get, the greater chance you have for injury. I just think you have to be careful with your, your, your franchise guys that, you know, just, you know, taking repeated hits because you want to have, oh, go out on a high note and score at the end of a game or something is, is foolish. I think they've learned from that. I think they, you know, without Daniel Jones, you may not like him. You may love him. Without him, this team is toast. Because I know, I'm sure we'll talk about Tyrod Taylor going forward, but this team's going nowhere with Tyrod Taylor. Um, and Saquon Barkley, this is, I mean, he's just going to play going forward, right? Um, even yeah. at seventy percent or whatever we would consider, which is what I would say, um, like he's at the point where cutting is obviously going to be a problem for him. But it looks like even overall speed is affected by his current condition. Uh, so I'm going seventy percent is what we saw on Sunday. Um, also probably a little bit of rust, but um, even at seventy percent, it's clear that he's just like the best player on the team. He's the best running back. You know, he's no longer extra special, but he's still better than the collection of backups we have right now, rookies and backups. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like that is still integral to this offense. So his availability, if it becomes, if it's strictly just a pain tolerance thing with him and he's not going to risk further damage to anything, he's going to play and he'll just have to, you know, suck it up. Which I, I don't think he'll have a problem doing that either. Yeah, I agree. Um, on the flip side, Washington's really banged up as well. Uh, most notably, their best guy in the secondary, Kendall Fuller, did not practice this week. He's got a knee injury. Um, they're kind of beat up all along the offensive line and in the secondary. Uh, beat up a little bit in the trenches, too, on defense. I don't know. What do you think about this game? What do you think about Washington, um, Sam Howell, Ron Rivera? Give me, give me your thoughts. Ron Rivera better figure something out very soon or he's not going to be the coach of this team much longer. We know it's the classic, a new owner's coming in, doing his evaluation period, which, you know, usually is a pretty short evaluation period. And, you know, this team has not been very good for a long time. Rivera's been there. This will be his fourth year. 
They haven't done anything. Um, it would not surprise me if he gets launched and they go big game hunting this offseason for a coach. Um, Sam Howell's just, a, you know, he is in a he's kind of in a position similar to Daniel Jones, where he does not have a good offensive line behind him. And he's kind of having getting on the job experience. And it's hard to, you know, succeed in this league without an offensive line to begin with. But if you don't have the experience and you don't have those miles under your belt, it, you're going to you're going to struggle. Um, you could see watching him, he holds the ball too long. He takes a lot of hits. He gets sacked a lot. Um, but you can see he's got talent. But I think he's in this kind of a similar situation to Daniel Jones, where there's a lot going against him at this moment. Um, I would feel a lot better about this game if I knew that this team can get in the end zone. It just seems it's such a struggle for this team right now to score. I have to actually see to believe it that this team actually can score. Uh, you know, we people were excited about Tyrod Taylor and even Saquon Barkley back and, you know, having Justin Pugh back and all this stuff. But the bottom line is this team cannot get in the end zone twice. We were three feet away and cannot punch it in the end zone. This team has a very, very serious problem scoring. They may be a little better from 20 to 20. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is taking more shots down the field. He's more, you know, go for brokeish than Daniel Jones is. He's more reckless, but he's also may take more shots downfield. And, you know, so you might see some little better yardage from 20 to 20, but this team still stinks. They can't, they have no offensive line to get any sort of push with the running game. Um, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is evidence last week is very smart in, in, in important decision-making and until I see this team score points, I don't believe they're going to score points and it doesn't matter if we're playing Washington or, you know, San Francisco or Charleston Southern. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, if we're going to get a win, this is the week to do it. You know, home game against Washington. You're very familiar with the division opponent, all these things, but um, I just don't know how we're scoring. So, I am going to unfortunately put this as a loss. I think it's going to be an ugly game, low scoring, as I like to say, a game in the muck. Um, but I think we're going to lose something like 17-3. This is a game that the Giants can win, uh, which is not something I've said the last two weeks. Uh, it's something I said that they had to win against Seattle. Um, it's not something I said against the Niners and, uh, it's something I said against Arizona it is like really the last time I feel like I said this sentence. So this is a good opportunity for them to win. So I don't think I'm being overly optimistic by saying that there's a pathway here. I agree. Um, I 100% agree. And that pathway I think starts on defense to me. Mm -hmm. I have seen now two weeks of the defense holding very explosive offenses to, way less point totals than they're accustomed to. I know you think that they took the foot off the gas in Miami, but I think that it's partially true later in the game, but I don't think it started as early as you do. And against the Bills, it's indisputable. Holding the Bills to no points until the fourth quarter is incredible. It was a um, fantastic job. It was a fantastic job. The defense played really, really well. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about Washington. 
Mm-hmm. So last week, Washington played the Atlanta Falcons, a group that contains Grady Jarrett, Bud Dupree, Clayus Campbell, so some names, but a group that also only had five sacks leading up to that game. The Falcons now have 10 sacks. So this is already a bad offensive line. You've got a beat-up Sam Cosme. Charles Leno's below average. Sadiq Charles is pretty good. Nick Gates is average. Andrew Wiley is someone I've never heard of. Um, (laughs) The key here is to dominate the trenches. Swarm Howell. Pound him. Surround him. Don't allow any escape routes. He, Like you said, he's staying too long in the pocket. He's staring things down. Um, as long as there's nowhere for him to improvise, because he reminds me a lot of like Baker Mayfield, where it's like he's just a gamer. I'm not sure he entirely gets what's going on, but he knows how to just play football, extend plays, and he can throw well and accurately and strongly. Um, he just reminds me of Baker Mayfield. I don't know if his career is going to have any of the same trajectory. But... I mean, that's really what it is for me is just win right at the offensive line. That's a clear advantage for us. I don't even think that we have to blitz anything crazy to get pressure there. I think our regular guys, our regular rotation can do work on this group. And Um, and Kayvon Thibodeau is getting to the quarterback now. He is becoming the guy we thought he would be. He's not a superstar yet, but he's starting to get sacks and hits now. Yeah, and we're seeing even like linebackers like Micah McFadden is getting in there generating pressure. He looks a lot more comfortable playing alongside Bobby Okereke rather mm-hmm. than being the Mike. Um, and, and I think just one-on-one, Dexter Lawrence and Nick Gates, which by the way, Nick Gates and Dexter Lawrence are getting into a fight in this game. That's going to happen. Oh, totally. Um, but Dexter Lawrence and Nick Gates, that's a mismatch. Uh, Grady Jarrett is, I would say, a comparable uh, person to Dexter Lawrence. I think he's worse, but it's comparable, and he couldn't handle Grady Jarrett at all. Um, the only thing is is they, they have to watch for screens because they run very effective screens in Washington. Uh, on, on the outside, get physical and sticky with wide receivers. Continue to... Con- your Wink Martindale, it's Sam Howell. It's a rookie quarterback. Confuse him. It, I mean, that, that should go without saying. And that's what he does best. He confuses young quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks. Right. He... Yeah, so this is this is a Wink Martindale special game. This should be. Should be. Um, on offense, I say think downfield. What I saw last week tells me that they are capable of blocking schemes long enough to make downfield routes happen. Now, this is a even... I mean, Chase Young, at this point, I think we can say is not a big deal. Last week... Do you know what he did on the stat sheet against the Atlanta fucking Falcons? Do you know what he hit on the stat sheet? I'm going to say goose eggs. Two penalties for offsides. Hey! That's it. Nice work. Um, You know, Jonathan Allen is beat up. Um, Mm -hmm. So really, I'm really worried about Montez Sweat and Deron Payne, and that's really it. Um, They have a beat up and inexperienced back end. Uh, If Kendall Fuller doesn't play, then they have... Benjamin St. Juiced Emmanuel Forbes back there. It's really not that terrifying to me. Take I, advantage of that. Yeah, what I was thinking was, you know, let's try not to be an offense where we just get the ball to someone like, you know, uh, Wandale or, or Saquon or somebody and say, do all the work. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have to throw the ball downfield to have a more effective passing game. Like, but, no, but, but intermediate, yards, but yeah, intermediate routes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't ever, everything doesn't have to be at the line of scrimmage or before the sticks. 
slant routes 10, 15 yards and in 15 yards. Catch, try to catch these guys, you know, in stride so they have to do all the work all the time. And we saw a little bit of that last week. And maybe, you know, we get just enough, you know, they're not, they're, we're not going to have a collapsing pocket every single time. Now that's up to Tyrod Taylor to right. not bail out as fast as possible because he does that a lot. And he right. does that thing where he, he turns the wrong way so it looks even more wonky and it's there's no chance or anything. So he has to show a little bit of patience also. I know it's a, a tall order to ask to trust this offensive line, but you have to kind of trust it a little bit. Yeah. And and get these guys in space. Don't make them have to make the first guy miss every single time. Um, I think also there's a way to lean on Darren Waller in this game. Um, I they they had a lot of trouble covering Kyle Pitts last week. Darren Waller's similar. Um, utilize that. Darren Waller was not really uh, utilized too much in that Buffalo game, uh, or at least not as much as I expected. Uh, and also lean on Saquon Barkley a little bit. It, it is clear that first of all he's the best player on the team, and um, the running game at this point is going to be our best friend. Well, that that goes back to the game plan I wanted for the last two weeks is that to win, have any shot of winning these games, we have to shorten these games. And I think last week was a test for this coaching staff to see, you know, can Saquon play a full game? Can we give him 15, you know, 20 carries, you know, and, and see how he is? So I think he passed that test. I mean, I don't need to see him run for 200 yards and have a 90-yard run to pass the test of, can he survive a game? And if he can, you're right. Lean on him. He's our best player. And let's go down with our best player. I think the Giants lose 17-16. I mean, it's just the same Ooh. as you. I, I can't see them scoring touchdowns. I can see one. I could see one either coming out like opening drive or like coming out of the half or something like that. Um, but they're, until I see it, how am I supposed to believe it? I, exactly. I feel like almost all, yeah. all of our touchdowns happen in the fourth quarter against Arizona. It feels like it, it's crazy. There, there. You take away that second half, I, and we, we've done nothing this year. And we've been and, pathetic. So and guess what? We're into late October already. I, I and you know what? Honestly, there's a legit chance that I'm a hundred percent right, but they win this game because there's a defensive score or or a pick that puts them in like gimme range for a second touchdown. Uh, but but I mean I still I'd still be right because like I just don't think that this offense can make things happen. And I think it's, it's, it's not Tyrod's right. fault, but he's certainly a contributor. Like just the fact that Tyrod's the quarterback that is already number one, and number two is it just offensive line stinks, and number three is I just I feel at this point they're just losers. Yeah, losers lose. Um, th- this is a very important game. You said that this is the game they had to win. They absolutely have to win this game. And I'm not talking about for the playoffs or anything because, you know, they lose this game. You know, you start worrying about, you know, a divided locker room. And we'll talk about this next week. We have a trade deadline coming up. And, you know, one in six, if you're not playing for this year and you're a rebuilding team, we have to really make some, some, uh, decisions about some people that are on this roster so you know win this game and you know you can probably keep this locker room together and maybe some of those decisions decide not to do but lose it and really all bets are off for the rest of this season and potentially some of the trajectory of 
you know the direction of this team going forward. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. You're you're coming off of uh, a game where you hung around in Miami, a game you feel like you should have won in Buffalo. You lose this game where you're you you should win this game theoretically. Um, you don't win this game, and you you might have a divided locker room for sure. Yeah, and guess what? Next week we got the Jets coming in here, and you want to talk about something that might be ugly? Picture. Picture a, a MetLife stadium that will have potentially more Jet fans and Giant fans in it for a Giant home game playing against that defense. It could get really, really ugly. Philadelphia is hosting the Miami Dolphins this week. Mm, How do you juicy. feel? I, I, I think Miami wins this game. I think Miami might go to the Super Bowl this year, honestly. I don't think that's anything to kind of chuckle about. <laughs> I mean, really, they have. They might have been the best team we've seen this year. I, I, I just I look at Philly's secondary. I, I said it last year. Darius Slay is overrated. James Bradbury had the benefit of playing in that defense where I think James Bradbury is very good. I just don't think he's all pro. This year they're getting exposed, and this is the team to expose them. And Jalen Hurts was is not. 2022 Jalen Hurts either. Look at the numbers. He's just not as efficient and he's not as accurate and he's not playing as well as he did last year. You think Miami wins too? I think Miami wins also. Damn. I just, I mean, they are a very tough team to get in a track meet with and I don't think, I don't think Philly can do that. And I I definitely don't think they'd have problems on the back end trying to stop them. Yeah. I, 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 um, you know, I hope I'm right. Uh, sure, but I, I think this one, this one might not even be close. Like, uh, this might be like a two-score win for Miami. By by, it might not even close. I mean, a two-score win. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> which which passes for not even close for Philadelphia, whereas us, you know, <laughs> we were dancing around. We're we we can't after. score from one the one yard line, but <laughs> twice. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be in attendance at this game at the tailgate. Um, it's extra right? special tailgate. Yeah, uh, Bobby will be in town. Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants will be there. We'll be hanging out with that crew. Um, yeah, should be fun. And um, we'll be at our normal seats in uh, Section 124 if you want to come by and say hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Row 32, come on by. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we will have a um, – our game review on Tuesday morning. So be sure to like, subscribe, follow us on in, on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at the underscore Grump, at the Cranky Fan, at Just Giants Pod, and we will see you all Tuesday morning. Until then, go Giants! Go Giants.